Welcome to the Impact Church Aurora podcast. We pray that this week's message encourages you, engages you, and equips you to make an impact in the world around you. Now, get ready to receive the Word of God. Family, today is a day of promise. Today is a day where promises will be fulfilled. In this season of your life, prayers are going to be answered. Promises are going to come to pass. That thing that you've been waiting for, it's happening in this season, family. you got to declare yourself. you got to believe it. Father, in Jesus' name right now, I just declare healing where there needs to be healing. Those body parts that have been plaguing us too long, they're going to be healed today in Jesus' name. Father, I speak to minds that are confused. I speak clarity in Jesus' name. Those thoughts are troubling those thoughts that we try to push aside and they still try to grab a hold of us father right now i speak full victory and deliverance in jesus name i speak to the dry bones in this place those dry seasons those of you've been walking in dry seasons i speak life and power and liberty in jesus name in gibberts we speak life over your situation open up minds today father open up our hearts and ears to receive everything that you have for us all your promises fulfilled all the goodness of god fulfilled today in jesus name if you believe this shout amen Amen, amen, amen. Give them glory. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I'm so thankful for Impact Church. The opportunity to come into a house to worship with fellow brothers and sisters, believers in Christ. Amen. You can be seated today. Those of you who don't know me, my name is Olga Becker. I'm a pastor here at Impact Church. And thank you so much for coming out and joining us today. Pastor Jamin sends his love last night when uh, we were praying together. He said, will you tell the people I love them? He loves you guys so much. And I'm getting emotional. I'm not sure why, but he loves you. And he's ministering to our kids. He has the privilege today to ministering to our kids again this week in CIA. And they're, they've been in for a treat. Amen. If you know Pastor Jamin, he's a man of God, full of character and integrity. And he's such a great example for our kids. And I'm so blessed that my kids, our kids, have him as a great example. But even more so our our children's ministry. So uh, if you're thankful for him, just give him, even though he's not, give him a big shout. We love you, Pastor Jamin. I'm sure he'll watch this later. Those of you who are tuning in online, thank you so much. We welcome you just to just intercede with us, receive with us. You're in the room with us, and we welcome you today. Everyone who's had a promise from God, say yes and amen. Everyone who's been believing for the impossible in their life, say yes and amen. Everybody who's believing for demonic strongholds in your lineage, in your life to come down, say yes and amen. God's promises are yes and amen. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was proclaimed among you by me, and Sylvanus and Timothy was not yes and no, but in him it has always been yes. For the promises of God are yes in Christ, and so through him our amen is spoken to the glory of God. And God has promised us so many things. If you read the Bible, his word, I think there's, it's been said, people say there's over 3,000. I was reading the other day, someone was claiming there was over 7,000 promises of God in for us. And have you ever promised somebody something? Um, if you're a parent, your children, or your loved one, or your spouse, have you ever promised them something? Um, about two years ago, we promised our daughter uh, a puppy. She'd been asking for years for a puppy, and um, we finally, like, it was a hard season in our lives. We were uh, losing grandpa, and uh, I, I think that we just, we, want, we were just, uh, it was a hard week. And so there was these puppies that were born, and we went out to look at them. Uh, our sister-in-law, Karina, went with us, and we had a good time, and we were so excited to bring this puppy home, and we picked him out, and we brought him home, and we got the bedroom ready. We're like, planned it all out. We're, when she comes home from school, we're going to have him in the room. We're going to have her. Pastor Jamin, he's funny. He was like, let's, you know, yell at her because she didn't clean her room today. So we were gonna send her up to her room to clean her room. And I was like, okay, so you're gonna you know, upset her before you give her the puppy. Uh, so she came home and we were so excited. We had the video camera ready. We wanted to record it to have it as a memory. And she comes home and he was like, Ella, you didn't clean your room to make your bed today. Go upstairs and clean your bed. So she runs up there. 
Um, I'm pretty sure she didn't run. She probably walked slowly. Um, we looked to her room, and we videotaped it, and she, this dog comes running at it. We released him, and she's crying, and she's so excited. But we were so excited to give her that. We were so excited to be able to fulfill that promise for us. And I, I was thinking, even though she was elated, so happy to receive it, I think we were more excited to give that to her than she was to receive it. And I think that's how our Heavenly Father is. He is so excited to give us our promises. He's even more so. Like We are waiting and praying at times um, uh, in anguish, in, in upset, or, or, or worrying, stressed out, waiting for that. But God is even more excited to fulfill his promises to us. And today, the title of my message is, Take Hold, Take Those Promises. Take the promise for yourself. Everybody say, take the promise for yourself. And I'm going to invite two of our very great friends to join us up here. I'm going to move this, hopefully, yes, to join us. And they're going to share their journey of their promise being fulfilled as we speak. So two of our close friends are from California. I've known Erica pretty much all her life. And we've known David for 15, 16 years and love them both dearly. So welcome our friends from California, Erica and David Hernandez. Join us up here. There's one, and here's another one. Nope. Make yourselves comfortable. You guys are in for uh, just a blessing. I love my friends, and I'm just going to ask them to share their journey. Yes, thank you. And give it up for Ms. Lita. Those of you who know Lita Warner, this is her brother, David. That's her my older, sister, y'all. Her older brother. <laughs> I'm sure she's talked about you guys plenty of times in messages or in classes. Um, take us through your journey of, um, first of all, this is a little bit of background so people get to know you. Um, you've been married for how many years? Uh, fif- 14 years, going on 15 years. And you, talk to us about your ministry. Your, um, you've been in ministry all your life. Erica actually um, came to know the Lord through our wedding, mine and Pastor James' wedding. And uh, we invited her out for our wedding. She was in, the, she was in my wedding and... Um, I would say, oh my gosh, I'm going out in 18 and a half years now. Yeah. 2001. 2001. 2001. What's your sign? It was in 2001, and uh, I remember I had plans. Uh, I thought my best friend was crazy um, because she was marrying <laughs> marrying Pastor Jamin, but I didn't I know him. <laughs> and I, you know, we grew up Catholic, and I was just like, okay, well, I'm just going to go support her, but... God had other plans. I, I got saved. I got delivered from some stuff. Um, and I started, I spoke in tongues that week when I went after uh, their wedding to a retreat. And God had other plans for me. So uh, I feel like this church is home. Mama, your legacy, and I appreciate what what your church has done. And so I, I'm, I'm a, a fruit of of this marriage and just the, the ministry at Faith Tab. I, I feel like the proper word that my wife is looking for is spiritual parents and a Correct. spiritual family. Every time we're in Chicago, we feel like we're back home. Yeah. And so that's, um, that's the love that you guys share with us. To your question, Olgi, um, we were born in the gospel. Actually, my parents came out of revival in Central mm-hmm. America. Um, so I was a pew biter. I, you know, slept underneath the pews and I was, that was the teeth mark leaving kid everywhere. Um, so that's, that's part of the journey. Uh, we've been serving the Lord. I've been serving the Lord uh, my whole life. I, you know, um, I love, I enjoy music. The community, the worship community, um, is where my heart's at, um, artistically. And, um, and then uh, when I met my wife, uh, one of the things that was most attractive to me, aside from the fact that she's gorgeous, was how gorgeous she was on the inside. She didn't love people the same way that other people like displayed the love of God. She was outstanding far and above, and that was incredibly attractive to me. And so I've been blessed. Um, I remember when I first came and uh, just to meet the family. I was so welcome, so loved, and then I was so greatly interviewed by uh, my brother-in-law, Louis, uh, back there. Man of God. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's been this amazing journey. We got married about 14 years ago. And uh, in our minds, it was uh, to, you know, get the education going and um, to go ahead and get our finances going. Um, And then maybe around year five or six uh, to begin and start our family. Um, 
So that was the plan. And, um, and, uh, and it didn't quite happen that way. Um, yeah, so you said about in year five or six, you started to plan for a family. And so talk to us about the journey of, um, of you wanting a child and it not happening at that time. Yes, let's go. And I've asked them to be honest, and they're willing to be honest and open with, with their journey. So, uh, I I think you know the first couple of years I, I was going through my master's degree. I have a I have a master's in educational clinical counselor. I'm a therapist for children, so I work with a lot of kids with trauma. Uh, so during the, those years of my undergrad and grad school. Uh, you know, I just started saying, okay, well, we need to start planning to have a family. I'm getting older. Uh, and I think the hard part was, you know, when you would do those monthly tests and just look at your husband and be like, what's going on? Something's wrong with me. Something's happening. Uh, I'm not understanding why I'm praying and I'm seeking the Lord. Uh, and just, it was kind of heart-wrenching because you know, you, you're facing disappointment every month because, you know, you get those pregnancy tests. You're, so you're trying to have a child. So you're trying to have a child. You're, you know, at some point I was like, okay, I got to go see a doctor to start getting the understanding what's happening to me. Let's take it a deeper level. We were also incredibly active in ministry. Uh, we've been associate pastors for almost nine years, overseeing multiple ministries. Um, and so, uh, add education, add a full-time job on both of our parts, and then add a 20 plus hour ministry schedule where you're constantly running ministry and leading worship and teaching. And now you're going to God and you're saying, okay, Lord, you're our faithful God. You're a God of promises. Uh, why isn't it happening to us? And tell us about the prophetic words that you received during this process, because you received many words prophesying children over you. I think uh, one of the, I started just kind of praying and uh, getting, having a deeper relationship with Holy Spirit and having a deeper relationship with God. And I, I got a prophetic word one year where there was a, a man of God, a prophetic a calling on his life. He came and just called me out of the church um, setting w- during a service. And he just started speaking over me about um, the baby, the babies that were coming. And I could have as many babies as I wanted and just speaking over me. Uh, and... I, at some point, I started praying and asking God to speak to me personally. So I started having dreams. I, I saw my son in a dream. And, and speaking to me in that manner, I saw myself pregnant. And then, like, a flask of oil that God was putting through me, but I saw myself pregnant. So God started speaking to me and giving me words, also biblical words, where I had to, like, write down um, on a personal level. So there was things happening on a personal level where I was getting scriptures. And then on the other side, also, I, I got prophetic words, not only from um, this prophet, but then other prophetic people just started saying, look, I'm sensing that y- your baby's coming. And God just started using people and speaking to me. Now, when you're in this situation, um, unfortunately, the enemy comes and brings a lot of disbelief. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and that's what was part of the struggle too, the thought processes, because you're hearing people are speaking life, coming in agreement, but at the same time, you're dealing with unbelief. And so years are going by and still no children. Yeah, I, I, I think that w- I feel so bad. Part, part of it was my husband. He had to go through this uh, process with me and then also starting to go uh, and, and also contending contending in this, because I felt like it was a spiritual battle and a physical battle. So you were, I was contending in both areas, and then a lot of people starting to speak doubt and saying, hey, why don't you just give up? Why don't you just foster a child? Why don't you just, you know, what's the big deal? It's not a big deal. It's easy to be well-meaning when you see that God isn't moving and you receive these words, and especially when you see people that you love hurting, because you know what? It, it takes something out of you to hope. It, it, it costs you something to hope. Oh my gosh. Come on. It's okay. Uh-huh. 
Yeah. And so you're just serving the Lord and you're asking God and you're putting on sometimes this face that, yes, I have faith. Yes, I have hope, um, but it isn't happening. And people, well-meaning people say, well, why don't you look at alternative means of starting a family? And um, don't get me wrong. I, I love adoption and I believe that God has yeah. called us to adopt we are gonna do it. and we are going to adopt. Um, but, <laughs> but we didn't feel that that was the first step that we needed to take. And so, you know, we were like, okay, Lord, if, you know, what do we need to do? And obviously, um, there are medical treatments that you can take. And we decided to opt out for IVF. And now you have this conflict of um, not having sufficient faith to God fulfill the promise as it was originally given. And so now you're feeling like a second class Christian because you're seeking an alternative means of having of birthing something. Can I just tell you something? Come on. Nobody should have permission to speak shame over your life. Come on. Amen. Amen. That's just what it is. God breathes life into a process regardless of how it comes about. Yeah. Amen. So that that was the thing that my husband just touched on. I I think uh I had it wrong. I can honestly say I had it wrong because I thought that God was going to give me the baby this way. And I had to come to a point where I was leaning on Holy Spirit and say, okay, okay you're creative. God is creative. You look yeah. through scripture, yeah. God does different things. It is, so my miracle is not going to look like your miracle. Right. My miracle is not going to look like your miracle. Every miracle is different. So I had to say, God, um, I'm not going to put you in a box. And I remember going to a Bethel conference in 2017, mm. and what really spoke to me was, man of God came up, and he's like, I have a word for some woman here, and he said, infertility, and, and that are, you're dealing with barrenness and not having a child, I, go, I want you to know that IVF, infertility treatments, is not a second-class pregnancy. Come on. Yeah. So for me, I was looking for confirmation. I said, okay, God, what do I need to do on my end? I know what you can do on your end. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I've, I've told my best friend this. and I, um, <laughs> So after that, I just said, okay, it's time to start looking into this. Can I, I feel the Holy Spirit prompting me to ask you this question. What's the box that you've been putting the Lord in? Mm, that's good. Because to me, the box looked like ministry. You see, I thought that I needed to be super involved, and I thought that I needed to give everything in order for God to give me my miracle. That was my box. And it sounds really holy, and it sounds really good, but it's all performance. I will, I will do, and I will do, and I will drive myself to the ground doing, doing God's work, because then I will earn his blessing. It's a lie from the pit of hell. Amen. Sorry. No, thank you. Thank you for that. Um, let's talk about, you, you touched on it briefly, the feeling, the shame. And, you know, I feel like this is a, a topic that a lot of times people, um, families, they deal with shame. And you have your family members, like you said, who are well-intended. And like, when are you going to have a baby? You know, what are you waiting for? You know, the clock is ticking. You're not getting any younger. And people are well-intended. And I think that a lot of times there's shame and then there's uh, guilt that comes along with it. And this is a topic that people talk about a lot. So just share with us, like, how did you keep yourself encouraged? And what were those moments like for you both? I, I want to say it like this. I think it's so important to identify um, where shame comes from and how it's different from conviction, because I think we have it twisted a little bit. I feel that when the Holy Spirit comes in and places a conviction, it's for the purpose of returning you back to God. You see, conviction says, um, I did something wrong. And shame says, I am wrong. I'm bad. And so it's really important that we first identify that conviction is good. It draws us back to the Lord. There's a love, there's an undercurrent of love that says, um, you are good enough. You, you, there's nothing else that you need to do. I've already paid the price for you. And shame says, no, you're bad. You did bad. Is Anyways. I want to say um, one of the tactics of the enemy, and I'm going to call it out because it's, it's a lie from the pit of hell, is uh, Holy Spirit, I was in a service, Holy Spirit brought to my attention, there was a, a sermon on um, the heart, and uh, nobody talked to me, nobody prayed for me, I, I, I felt the whisper of the Holy Spirit, he's like, hey, you're dealing with shame, and I was like, what, I'm, I'm dealing with shame, 
And then he brought me a picture, a vision in my mind. He's like, you were at this baby shower and you felt shame because all of your other family members had babies, but you did not. And at that point, sometimes you, you're not self-aware of how you're feeling, what your thought process, what your self-talk is like. So at that moment, I remember just breaking down. I was crying in service and Holy Spirit pointed that out to me to let me know, he's like, hey, we need to deal with this. So what tends to happen is when you're dealing with shame and negative self-talk, you tend to isolate. You tend to not want to talk to anybody because it's something, a subject that you don't want to be talked about. Mm -hmm. So at that point, I remember being called out by, by the prophetic, um, the prophet. He came and he was sharing. I didn't want to be called out because I was ashamed. I didn't want to be spoken or, because that was a wound that I did not want to be touched. I did not want to be healed. I did not want to have conversations about babies because it was so painful. But can I tell you something? When you are bold enough and brave enough and say, you know what? I need to start talking about this. I need people to intercede. I need people to pray. The Holy Spirit brought me to a whole process of needing to be vulnerable. You need to be vulnerable. Yeah. Because you need the church. You need people interceding. You need to have this conversation. Hey, I am having a horrible day. Doubt is creeping in my heart, and I feel like this is never going to happen. So being vulnerable and being real and not isolating, saying, you know what? I'm going to expose myself. I'm a hot mess. Come on. Yeah, let's be real. I'm a hot mess, <laughs> and I've been crying, and I just did a test, and it says I'm not pregnant. And I've been waiting for four or five years. See, here's the thing. The Bible says you should love the Lord your God with all your strength and soul, your heart, right? But the next verse says, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And I feel like we gloss over that verse, but the reality of it is it's impossible for me to love you if I can't first learn to love myself. And I'm not talking about being narcissist. I'm not talking to be about selfish. Yeah. I'm talking about the word agape, to love yourself the way that the Lord loves you. And that's mm -hmm. hard because it's yeah. easy to forgive others than it is to forgive yourself. Yeah. Some of us are harder on other people for messing up than we are harder on ourselves because we messed up and we can't forgive ourselves. Yeah, that's good. And, that, and I just wanted to touch on that as well. You talking about how you were in that place and so many times we're hurt or people hurt us or we're angry about something and we um, maybe willingly or unwillingly, we're, we're, we sit in that spot because it's comfortable, because we don't want to deal, because we don't want to deal with that injury, that wound, that, that thing. We don't want to rip off the Band-Aid and deal with it. And God wants us to deal with all our hurts and our pains because he wants us to bring complete healing to those. And so sometimes I feel like we do it to ourselves. We'll sit in that place and we won't talk to people. We won't um, bring it before the Lord. We won't open up to our family. And family, we are family. We're, we're a body of Christ, and, and we all play different roles in our family, but we have to have, the church has to be a, a place of safety, where we can come and be like, yo, I'm struggling, and family, I need you. You know, can I be vulnerable? Can you not judge me? Can you come pray on. with me? Can you walk alongside me in this time in my life? And so we need to be that, those people for each other, and I have a passion for that. I have such a heart for that. Like, we really need to be a safe place where we can come together so good. without judging, without pointing fingers. When we see each other, don't see your mistakes. Don't say, oh, he did that, she did that. You are not your mistake. You are not what you did. You are what God says you are. Amen? So I think that you're making me cry. <laughs> I think the biggest thing is what's holding you back from your miracle and your blessing is offense. And it, understanding that uh, we're all human, yeah. uh, but then also understanding where you're at and saying, look, dude, I, I, I need people. Yeah. You, you're not a lone ranger. I think that's the, that was the hardest thing in my journey is being a lone ranger. And understanding that I needed to surrender, my, surrender myself with people that come in agreement and say, hey, we're believing for this. And anything else that's not faith-filled or belief-filled or lining up with my dreams, the prophetic words I've gotten, then I'm not going uh, to partner with it. Yeah. I'm not partnering with doubt. I'm not partnering with um, nothing that's faith-filled. 
Uh, another thing that I learned um, in, just, in just learning how important prophetic and declarations are, uh, I learned this as I went through some training on the prophetic, uh, the declaration. Uh, what I started also doing is I would look in the mirror. Every, I would write out my own declaration. I am a mother of nations. I'm a mother of my children where, when I will bear so I started doing that. On, the, on Every morning I would wake up, look myself in the mirror. And you got to understand this. If you've been contending for six or seven years and you start doing this, it's one of the hardest things to do. Yeah. Because you are believing for something that you're not seeing. Right. Yeah. Waymaker was my theme song, by the way. So I was, <laughs> I, was a, I was tore up from the floor up over there when you guys were doing that song because that was my theme through this journey. And my song. So... I started making declarations to myself, even though I was crying, even though the enemy would come and bring me these lies, even though I felt alone. And, and just, if I can just add one more thing, I remember, I remember just waiting for someone to tell me why. I remember looking at someone, just waiting, I'm like, God, have someone speak to me. Why is this happening to me? Give me an answer. Why am I going through this? I, I never got an answer. But I can tell you that God is faithful. That I had to go through this journey. And I know that I'm going to speak into lives. I'm going to speak into lives that are going through this journey. Because this journey is hard. She's talking about identity. It's easy to partner with what's not happening and to start declaring that over yourself and to start partnering with what you're seeing than what you believe. And so you're breaking, you're breaking stuff when you declare that. We went through the season of um, deciding to step down from ministry um, to heal because there were so many wounds. It was probably the worst year of our lives. In terms that you have to take the, fa- the mask off yeah. to address the wounds that are going on the inside, the pain of the inside, and um, that we were able to get to this place of, okay, God, you made these promises to us. Yeah. Lord, we don't see them, but in the meantime, God, heal us. Uh, I, I don't think we share this, but one of the, I was asking for confirmation. So I don't take things lightly. Like I hear from Holy Spirit, I continue to ask for confirmation. So I remember finally going through, uh, getting, in the, getting ready to go through this process out of the country. And I asked the Lord, I go, Lord, I am missing a thousand and some dollars. And it, it was around this time, around my birthday um, in 2017. And I said, we can't do this without the funds. And I remember that before we stepped down, um, that Sunday we were going to lead worship and get ready for it. And I just prayed and left it alone. It was just a simple conversation with God. It doesn't have to be super spiritual. It's like, God, I need this. And I remember that this couple just came up to us after service and handed me an envelope. We want to sew a little gift. Mm-hmm. And I looked at him, I was like, oh, cool. You know, my birthday's here. They're going to give me like a gift card to go out to eat or something. And I open it, and it's a check for over $1,000. Yeah. And, and for me, that was a confirmation. Like, okay, go. Like, green light. Go, go, go. You're, you're going to go out of the country. You're going to do this, and it's going to be a success. Like, so I was going, I was like, the first, the first round of IVF, it's, it's done. Yeah. And so you went to Mexico to do the IVF, the first process of IVF, and um, just we have been praying for you guys and with you guys nonstop, and we're believing, and you're taking these steps. You're flying to Mexico to begin this process. I'm like, can I come with you? Like, I want to go too and just support you, cheer you on, and you go through the first uh, round of IVF, and just talk to us about that. I... I you know, you're going in on the country. You've never gone through an IVF process. I've, I've done two rounds of insemination so here in the States, and that's expensive. But we did, uh, we decided to go to IVF. So that was a, a regimen of shots. If you want to know what IVF looks like, and, and I, I'm not, 
what do I say? I don't believe in everything that they do in it, but at Netflix they have, one, it's called One More Shot. And it gives you an understanding of the regimen of shots, hormone shots, pills. It's, it's a regimen. So during the week, you can imagine me getting shots and then getting checked up often. So it, it, was, it was a time where I was full of faith, but also just, you know, leaning on God. Well, let me give you the summarized version of that. We went full of faith, believing that God was going to do a miracle. We were... We're all believing with you. Our family's praying. My sister is just cheering. Everybody's cheering us on. Mm -hmm. And we come back. And it was a season where, you know, we were stepping into a more pastoral leadership type role. And um, we were leading worship. And about a month goes by. And we're leading worship and preparing for Sunday morning. And my wife starts to bleed. I'm preaching about hope. We're, we're singing about God's goodness. And it doesn't happen. And I just wanted to touch on that because we... I remember the day that you were going to um, go through the process and you sent me a screenshot of the three little embryos and I remember Josh and Hannah you were with us and we laid hand on that little screen and we prophesied over those embryos and so the faith was there you guys walked in faith yes. you know sometimes we walk in a situation our faith is at a high and we are believing and we are praying and we are prophesying and um, go ahead continue and, and I think at that moment, I didn't realize it until afterwards. Uh, what was happening was I was miscarrying. So I had three embryos in me. And, um, you know, I, 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 after that, I bled for a couple months. I didn't know. Like, I've never been pregnant. I've never Our family been. didn't know. We went through Christmas, and we were completely uh, broken. And had to preach for two more months and lead the church two more months. And so we, we did not understand the value of authenticity and vulnerability in community. It's so important, family. That, it, that word is not taken lightly. And uh, if you're watching online, um, we, this is the first time we're sharing our testimony to this degree. And it wasn't anybody else's fault but ours. We did not know what we needed. And we did not know how to communicate it. And we did not know how to be vulnerable. And so that was painful. And during that season, um, you know, you, you think, oh, you're Christian. You shouldn't be dealing with mental health issues. You shouldn't be dealing with, but that was traumatic. Like on the platform bleeding, you're, you're worshiping God, you're singing songs, and you're like bawling on the platform. And people are like, oh, it's just the Holy Spirit touching her. Yeah, he was touching me. He was touching me. But at the same time, there was a, a, a disappointment happening and a lot of, of other emotions. So I went through a season of depression where I didn't want to get out of bed, where I cried and no one had an answer for me. Of, and I was just so disappointed. And I didn't understand, like, why is this happening? I've gotten confirmation. I've got prophetic words. I have dreams. I have scriptures. Like, I've done everything right. And, like, I felt like I did everything I was supposed to do. And why is this happening? Yeah. And so how long before you tried again? It felt like forever. But it was in actuality. It was uh, like 10 months later. And it was, that was a journey and a process. We had the opportunity to go on a missions trip to Morocco. And we celebrated my 40th birthday in Europe. And we asked ourselves the question, what does life look like from here? Do we proceed with an alternative means of pursuing a family? My love, what are you, what are you feeling? And she was very clear. And she's like, I want to go through this process. I feel like I'm supposed to give birth. And I said, okay, let's do in vitro again. But this time... We are going to do it with the expectation that God is good regardless of the outcome. Mm -hmm. And that God is faithful regardless of the outcome. And we are going to do our part and allow God to do his and to breathe life. Whether it be through a um, physical means 
or a legal means because I believe adoption is a legal birthing process mm -hmm. to, to love on children. And we said, okay, 2019, everything else aside, we're only going to focus on taking care of each other and on giving God the glory and just chilling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and during that time we stepped down for ministry, uh, I, I, this, my stress level had to go way down. I wasn't leading worship. I wasn't overseeing people. I wasn't serving at all. It was just like, okay, it's time. This is a season to focus on this. Um, and when you're doing ministry for so many years, and when you're dealing with not having children or, or other things, you know, we started having some often on marital issues. The stuff that you put away in your marriage, <laughs> and sometimes when life gets too busy that you box away and you're like, oh, I'll deal with that later. Oh, in ministry, stuff comes up. Oh, I'll deal with that later. Stuff in your character that you don't want to admit that's happening. Oh, I'll deal with that later. The, the secret sin that you kind of don't deal with starts dealing with you when your identity is challenged because you're no longer a pastor or a leader. And then you're like, well, who am I? And God says, you're my son and I want you to sit. And you're now. like, no, dad, that's uncomfortable. Well, that's where I kind of want you because you're just the son and my daughter. It's not that you're a worship leader or a piano player or whatever title that makes you feel good about yourself. You are my son. So just sit and learn to enjoy the rest. Hmm. Hardest thing in my life. Hardest thing in my life, but so good. And in dealing with the aftermath of years of trying, years of other things that have come up when you're doing so many years of ministry, healing, strains in your marriage, things start coming up. You're like, whoa, what, what happened? What, what, what? <laughs> That we wouldn't have had capacity to address. If we were going, going, we were going, 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 sure. going, going. And so you, you, like you said, you, you step back into the IVF process one more time. And you, um, I remember talking to you afterwards and you saying, you know, I am just thankful and I give God glory. You know, that when you, you know, when, um, I don't know the proper termage, but when, you know, the babies were, the embryos were, yeah, were placed inside of you. You're like, I'm carrying them now. Whether they, I meet them all or I don't, you're like, God's still good. And that was your, your, um, your narrative. That was how you spoke. That was your faith that, you know, if I carry them for a few weeks or if I carry them, you know, full term, that you were going to give God the glory no matter what for the opportunity. So share that with us. Uh, so the Lord gave me James 117. That was my verse. Before I even went, when I was going through this process, he says, whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down uh, from us, uh, to us from God, our Father, who created all, all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. So from that, I understood, I'm like, if this is God's will, which I believe it is, then it's going to be perfect. There's not going to be any issues, even though this is the second round. Even uh, though the doctor said 5% chance. My, the, the infertility doctor that I work with it was very blunt. Uh, he doesn't like to give people hope. He's like, hey, you know what? You're like throwing a dice. That's what it is. And I, and I, I looked at him and I rebuked that in my mind. And I was like, no, mm -hmm. um, you do your part, the Holy Spirit, and the Lord's going to breathe life. Come on. And I remember him bringing out his textbook and saying, I just want to let you know you only have a 5% chance of getting pregnant. I don't guarantee anything. He was just filling me up with so much doubt. I walked out of there bawling. I remember texting you. And I'm just like, this is heart-wrenching. I've gone through so much shots, pills. My hormones are all over the place. Because the meds mess you up. And you're just a hot mess. Like, if you have a wife or a sister or a friend that has their period every month, you know what's going on with them. Can you say that in church? Yeah, right. <laughs> Keep it on the real. But now having hormones and shots and all that. My husband so we knew that praying, he had, We were praying for David too. Yeah. <laughs> my husband knew that he had to walk that way and give me some space. You got to understand my mindset is, listen, 2019, we're going to give it everything we got. And if the Lord does not breathe life on this process and glory be to God, then we're going to be adopting period and we're going to be a family. It's just a matter of time. God decides the how. Yeah. So when your mindset's that, it doesn't matter what yeah. other people say. Yeah. You have fully committed to be, to just, okay, God, yeah. you're in control. I'm in backseat. You got this. Mm -hmm. 
So do it. So when my wife called me, she's like 5%. I'm like, watch what God does with 1%. Come on now. He can do it. He can do it. It only takes one. Come on. Come on, parents. It only takes one. It only takes one for you to have it. That's right. It only takes one. Come on. Yeah. So share with us what happened. When I got inseminated with my, my, I want to share this. This was my my last three embryos because they were frozen. I had my worship on. I was in there and I was just laying there. And I remember um, just saying, you know what? Starting now, I'm going to start talking to them about you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to start seeing and I'm going to start raising them up for you. I don't know how many are going to come out of here. And I remember in the plane on my way back, um, my body started acting weird. I'm just like, I don't know what's going on because I've never been pregnant. And I've gone through this process a second time. And when I started cramping, I was like, Lord, please let me not miscarry. I learned that it were it was a, the baby was attaching. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So God's so good, and my timing as a husband's amazing. And so here's what happened. Here's what happened. I planned it. The mistake that we made on the first time that we miscarried is that we were in isolation. I was determined that that was not going to happen again because I had learned the value of community and the value of vulnerability. And so I said, okay, we're going to find out in about this time frame what the outcome is and this time we're going to be surrounded with family yeah so we booked the flight to chicago and last time you saw us <laughs> we were waiting for the answer and the response mm-hmm. and so what we did is we got here on a friday and on a saturday we went to a little clinic um, and we got tested a 24-hour test and the sunday morning the last Sunday morning that you saw us we shared the news with Olgie and Jamin first and Lita and Ryan second that the procedure had taken Amen. and we were pregnant. Yes. And I remember that morning we were getting ready for church and they were staying with us and we were in the hallway and I just come out. I don't even know if you guys called my name or something came out and David's standing in the hallway of our upstairs and tears. Actually, and Erica is like, was getting right in the bathroom, and I think you got an email from the Quest Diagnostics letting you know that it was positive, and just your reaction, I was like, "Good tears!" Like you know, like I, t- I, I didn't even know that they were waiting for the results. I don't think you guys had. I told was, us. I was with you. Yeah. When he came in crying, I was like, "Oh, yeah." And I didn't know what it meant, and so he told us, and just the rejoicing, and just the the, the praising God for His promise answered. God's timing is perfect, family. It's perfect. And we don't understand the journey, and we don't always get the answer that we're looking for. But just knowing that He is the answer. He is the answer. Our Heavenly Father is the answer. His timing is so perfect. And so I just want to encourage you, and, and is there anything else you want to add to that? Just I just want to... So you're how many months pregnant now? I am eight and... 34 weeks. You have to, 34 weeks. The dad knows what's up. 34 <laughs> weeks. So she's 34 six weeks. weeks away of giving birth weeks. to her miracle baby. So, and we had to get doctor's permission to fly out here because David's like, we're coming back to Chicago to celebrate. Yes. I, 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 I want to let you know, um, Miracle Life, you being here, sitting here, you're a miracle. Amen. Sometimes you don't even understand or even acknowledge it and God has a plan for you so if you don't feel loved that's the devil because you're full of full of um, full of a plan and a purpose and God has a calling on your life and that's why you're here but I also want to just say like the intimacy part I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're expecting, what your miracle is, what you're contending for in the spiritual realm, in the natural realm. But the intimacy is the most important part with God. Those conversations. And I can relate to Hannah. Those prayers. Those boogery-ish, watery, waterworks prayers are so important to have because that's the intimacy you have with God. That's when God sees your heart and, you he- and you're able to start hearing him. I have a bunch of takeaways. I'm going to keep it really short. Um, 
The first thing is that I learned is it's not what you do that merits the blessing. It's whose you are that merits the blessing. So can I just tell you that if you're in your worst season right now and you know who you are, because I knew who I was, mm-hmm. you're a perfect candidate for a miracle. Amen. You don't have to have your stuff good. together in order to qualify for a miracle from the oh, Lord. That's good. Because when I was at my worst, he was literally at his best. Yeah. Take away number one. Uh, uh, take away. Take, is it okay? Uh, take away number two. Um, when you're in the middle of the process, um, it hurts. Incredibly painful. Um, but you have also been placed very strategically in a community. So it's your responsibility um, to challenge yourself and challenge your boundaries. That's good. And to include others in your journey. It's one thing to come in on a Sunday morning and be... Uh, I'm blessed. I'm good. God. And yes, God is good. And yes, you are blessed, but there's stuff going on. And if you can just take an assessment of the closest people around you, uh, to see who's God fearing and you can be bold enough to share what's going on in your life. Can I just tell you that that will change you forever and that will mark you forever. So that's lesson number two. Um, lesson number three, you know, if you're in the process right now, um, I just want to encourage you. God, God doesn't give up on, uh, on us. So don't give up on the Lord. He's faithful. Amen. He will find a way. He will make a way. Just, just do your part. Amen. And ask the Lord what your part is. Yep. Ask the Lord what... Don't, look, don't go to your neighbor. Don't go to your pastor. Don't go to people around you. Ask the Lord and ask for confirmation because he does speak. Yeah. Absolutely. Don't let him tell. Don't let anybody tell you he doesn't speak. And as we're getting ready to close, I have a couple of things I want to share with you. Like Eric and David, God will give you a promise. They said He gave them visions, dreams, words, and God will give you that promise. The thing He drops in your heart, He'll give you that vision. He'll answer you. He'll talk to you through somebody, through yourself, and He gives you what it's going to look like. And he doesn't sometimes, mostly, doesn't show you the journey. And you don't know how long it's going to take. But he shows you what it's going to look like. And that is what we have to grab a hold of. He's showing you what it's going to look like. So why doubt him? Why doubt? Why unbelieve? Grab a hold of God's promise. I want to encourage you with Hebrews. If you can go to Hebrews 6, throw it up there. When God made his promise to Abraham, he backed it to the hilt. Putting his own reputation on the line, he said, I promise that I will bless you with everything I have. Bless and bless and bless. Abraham stuck it out and got everything that had been promised to him. When God makes promises, they guarantee them by appeal to some authority above them so that if there's any question, they'll make good on the promise. The authority will back them up. When God wanted to guarantee his promise, he gave his word a rock-solid guarantee. See, God can't break his word. And because his word cannot change, the promise is likewise unchangeable. God's promises cannot be broken or taken back. When we make a promise to somebody, I mean, you guys remember maybe being young or this thing was popular when I was little, we'd be like, I promise to God. You tell a story. I promise to God that's true. You know, because he was the ultimate authority. You know, sometimes people are like, oh, I promise on the Bible. Or, you know, even worse, when people are like, I promise on that thing I love. Or like, you know your, your friend, you know, your, that they love, you know, their dog or somebody in their life. And they're like, I promise on, on Mojo, that is true. You know, they're trying to look for that ultimate authority. Well, God is that ultimate authority. And he promised on himself. He promised on himself. And, and God's promises are true. And they can, he cannot change his word. He's not a man that he should lie. He can't lie. He's not going to go back on what he says. And so I think that when we live day in and day out with that revelation, that no matter what, it's going to happen. And he's showing us. And there's a, God has a time frame for everything, and he knows when it's going to happen. You know, I think of um, the first promise of, of, of God uh, promising us that seed of a woman would come, and we would be able to have authority over all evil. And that promise was fulfilled with Jesus. How long did that take from the time it was promised to Eve? 4,000 years. 
He spoke it. He prophesied. It came to pass. We're all uh, benefit from that. He knows the time frame. He has it and he shows us. And so I think that when we can live with that reality, like he's showing me, he's telling me, and we have promises from God, all the promises from God that we read in the Bible. And then we have those promises that are promised to us because we have that relationship with God. So there's those two promises. Those are the, the ones that we have all access to in the Bible. And then those are personally promised to us. And don't forget, and I feel like there's people in the room today that maybe you've been waiting or maybe you've put in the back seat, you've forgotten about it, you've given up on that promise. And I want to encourage you with scripture. Habakkuk 2, 3, for the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks at the end that it will not prove false. Though it linger, family, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay because God's timing is perfect. Amen. Galatians 4, 4 says, But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law. Verse 5 says, To redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. You are one day closer to your promise. Eric and David are one day closer to meeting their promise. You want to show the belly, he said? <laughs> She's gorgeous. Yes. Uh, I mentioned contending in the natural and uh, like in the supernatural. The supernatural, it's, it's, it should be on your prayer list, the first thing in your prayer list. Uh, I had to go through a journey where every time there was a prayer line, I was there. Hmm. That's good. And being vulnerable and say, hey, you know what? Can you pray for my baby? Can you pray for my baby? Hey, can you pray for my baby? Every time that they would call out women that had infertility issue, it was a battle in my mind because I had to renew it. But I had to stand up and say, hey, I want prayer. Mm -hmm. And being vulnerable and saying, you know what? There's a need and I need to continue to contend in the spirit for prayer and being it's okay to get prayer. And it doesn't matter how much. Because I need to keep knocking. I need to keep knocking. Yeah, that's good. God abides not just in the fulfillment of the process, but God also abides in the waiting. Mm -hmm. He very much abides in that secret place and in that tension of what's going to happen and where you're at right now. That's where he'll find you. That's where Holy Spirit delights to meet you in the tension of like, yeah, this is uncomfortable, God. Absolutely. This hurts God. There's a purpose that it hurts. It's a reflection of an area of our lives that needs to be healed. Yeah, that's good. Absolutely. Thank you for that. God does. He meets you in the waiting. He meets you in the process. And I remember, um, it just came to mind, when I was getting ready to give birth to our third son, uh, Zion, um, probably about five, six weeks, kind of where you're at now, just going through such a hard time, even mentally, um, hormonally, physically. He was the, the largest child we, we had. And I just remember like not wanting to even, uh, it was hard for me to get, to do the normal things you do. Those of you who've been pregnant, you know, the, law, the last couple of weeks are really hard. Um, Carlise, if you're watching, I, I think I saw you online. She's, she's in that process right now. It's, it's the hardest time when you're getting ready to give birth. Um, and I remember just locking away. I remember I, I think I kicked Justice out of his room and I took over his room. I played worship all day and all night. I prayed. I felt like God was preparing me for more than just giving birth. It was a season I was waiting. And I remember being upset. I remember being frustrated. And he was preparing me. He was drawing me so close to him in that waiting season. When, when uh, Zion was born, we found out two, three days later that he had a heart condition. And I feel like had I not been ready and prepared in my faith, just so, um, so close to God at that time, that I was able to speak um, health and life and believe with my husband for his healing. And at the same time, I was diagnosed with two different conditions that same week um, that Zion was born. And we were believing for healing for myself. And I had had two procedures, two surgeries done. And the day, the day that I was supposed to go in, they're like, actually, we were one of them you don't need anymore you're fine. And we knew that all for the glory of God. And then the second one I had to have, um, but it was, it, God was with us through that whole process. And Zion had to have open heart surgery. Um, actually, September 15th will be the anniversary of that. Um, and we just give thanks to God because even though it was a hard time, 
he prepared us. We were waiting. And then he had to have open heart surgery. And as a mama, your newborn having to have surgery, that is the hardest thing in the world for you. But us seeing something that's so horrible and God turning it for his good, because we saw his favor. We saw um, a miracle happen when he had when he had the surgery, a surgery that should have taken all day. I think I remember um, it took four hours or less. And um, we were able to pray with the surgeon. We asked, can we meet the surgeon? Can he come out and talk to us? And uh, Pastor Jamin held his hands, prayed a blessing over him. We prayed um, uh, over the the people who were in the surgery room. So we saw God take something uh, such horrible and turn it for good. And in that waiting process, God will meet you there. In that waiting process, God will speak to you. He will help heal you and prepare you for what's next. And so just because you're in a waiting season... uh, you know, find find life in the in the waiting season as well. And um, this morning, we we came to remind you, and we came to remind you that um, God's promises are will be fulfilled, and the promise of Jesus Christ came so that all our promises can be fulfilled. And because of Jesus in our lives, because of the promise on the cross that we can stand here today and we can testify, and you can testify for what's God doing in your life. And we came to remind you that um, you already have victory. You already have victory. You're already healed. There's authority. Um, I'm came to remind you, you know, the demonic voices that speak to you, that we already have victory in Jesus' name. And um, in a moment, I'm going to ask Eric and David to to pray, to pray for us. I just want to encourage you with uh, one more scripture before we go. Hebrews 11, 32 and 33. And I'm just going to go to the end. And this is what today is all about. Um, at the bottom it says, through acts of faith, through acts of faith, Eric and David, through acts of faith, family, they toppled kingdoms, made justice work, and took the promises for themselves. So today I just want to encourage you with two hands, with whole hearts, full minds and awareness, take the promises for yourself today. Grab a hold of this today and take hold of the promises and so if you just join me and we're gonna pray and um I know there was a lot that was said today and a lot that was shared and I want to thank you both for being so honest and vulnerable with us and being that example to us of vulnerability and things that you've learned so that we can in turn and I think that's what God does he takes us through journeys and process so that we can help pull somebody through that, walk somebody through that, help somebody else. And so we're going to pray. Um, and so I'm going to let you guys go first. Go ahead and pray over the congregation. And right now, let's just start to uh, create an atmosphere of worship. And so what it is that you need this morning, this afternoon, you walked in here, you made the point to make it out to church today, and you're not walking out the same. Amen. So let's go ahead and prepare our hearts and just let's pray over our family today. When I was sitting over there, I, I just, I asked Holy Spirit, I'm like, Holy Spirit, where are you, what are you doing? And I felt like Holy Spirit is going to give a new measure of increase of faith. There's some specific people here that need a new measure of faith to believe and continue to, to um, go to the next level to get your miracle, to believe for your miracle. So when I was sitting there, I just felt Holy Spirit, so like, I am a bringing a wave a wave of new faith so right now holy spirit i welcome you in this room you have been here already but i pray an increase in the spirit realm right now holy spirit bring a new wave of faith a new wave of healing lord we bind and rebuke disappointment we bind and rebuke every lie from the enemy every tactic from the enemy every plan right now i call it to light and i say you are canceled against families against lives against young people that are being attacked in their mind right now i declare a healing a healing wave on minds a healing wave on hearts i declare freedom i declare freedom I release in the name of Jesus dreams, visions, 
a new impartation of spiritual gifts your word says that we ask and we will receive so right now i pray that you would equip this church equip church equip this church a new revelation of who you are new impartation new giftings that need are needed for this season for this generation in jesus name in jesus name god we declare restitution and restoration for everything that the enemy wanted to take away that he came in to destroy god we declare your supernatural anointing meeting us not in the perfect place god but in the broken place lord in the name of jesus right now god we come against the curse of infertility in the name of jesus we declare life springing forward in the name of jesus the newness of God, the newness of God in Jesus name Lord that you too, that we too as a family can take a victory lap that we can stand in Chicago and say that God fulfills his promises that God continues to be new and to be good and to be faithful in Jesus name Lord we just thank you God that this moment marks a shift in the spirit realm that this moment marks a shift and testimonies praise reports will be coming forth right now i call them forth i speak them forth i speak a quickening in the spirit i speak lord that you would start fast forwarding the things that have been stuck are unstuck in the name of jesus in the name of jesus ah they're under your feet they're under your feet we declare they're speeding up in jesus name in the spirit realm we break our shame we break our shame in the name of jesus you are more than good enough right where you're at right where you're at god love you perfectly and holy right there you don't have to change he's got your back so we just break off the spirit of shame right now and we declare the flowing river of love in this place god that your love would pour out so greatly and so immensely that there wouldn't be no room no room for shame no room for shame in the name of jesus vulnerability and authenticity to a new degree we speak multiplication we speak multiplication in the natural and the spirit realm we speak lord lord what the old testament multiplication in families and we speak those babies those babies that need to come forth that you have a plan and a purpose for a calling on their life in the name of jesus yes bring them forth lord we speak life in Jesus name in Jesus name and I just want to speak to those of you who maybe not physically but spiritually feel empty spiritually feel barren and you're trying and you're not you're confused and you feel empty on the inside does God talk to me doesn't talk to me is that God isn't that God do I feel anything don't I feel anything right now in the name of Jesus Holy Spirit just fill that person right now in Jesus name fill them Lord fill them Holy Spirit let him feel so full. Let him feel impregnated with purpose and power and presence in Jesus' name. And then I, I also speak to those who maybe feel like they've aborted their calling. You've given up. You've done something or you uh, it happened a long time ago. You are not. Your time is, is perfect. And time has not passed. And there's still purpose for your life. And it's never too late. And I just want to encourage you to dream again. To dream again, prophesy again, speak again. God is not done with you. So I come against that spirit of abortion in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I speak life and rebirth into your spirit. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I just feel two more things. Yeah. I feel like... Um, someone a couple people here are just struggling with unbelief and it's okay uh, no condemnation but you know what i want you to speak to god and say god I, this week i want you to speak to me this week i want you to give me yeah. a dream this week i want you to use someone but when you do that prayer you make sure that you're ready your ears are ready to hear because god speaks and the second thing that I, I, I sense in the spirit is like some people, um, s some people are dealing with something that was spoken over you. Mm. Someone cursed you and literally killed your dream. 
or killed what you've been believing for. And right now, I break that off of you. I cancel it. And it's your job not to come in agreement and say no more. Today, I don't receive that. I receive God's promises. If you have to repent, say, God, forgive me for believing them because it wasn't you. You weren't speaking to me. That was the enemy speaking to me. So I, in Jesus' name, I speak life. I speak life over God's plan over you. I speak God's calling over you. Bring forth fruit. Bring forth fruit. Bring forth fruition and completion in the name of Jesus. I'm standing with you. I'm believing with you. I'm believing it's going to happen. I'm believing God is not a liar. He is a true speaker and he will complete what he has promised. Thank you for listening to this week's message on the Impact Church Aurora podcast. Please feel free to subscribe, rate, and review. For more information or to give, please visit us at www.impactchurcharora.com. Now, go out into the world and continue making an impact. Thank you.